Hi, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to episode 78 of Eat, Drink, Write, and Urban Fantasy Whiteboard. And we're going to talk about character flaws today, yeah, which yeah. I went back and looked. I can't believe we haven't done an overall episode on character flaws. I was thinking the same thing. And, you know, I've been so busy for the past, oh, I don't know, two weeks since we got back from vacation that, you know, you said, hey, let's do character flaws. And I was like, really? Like, we had to have done this before. Uh, And I was like, but you know what? I'm going to trust her on it. So, (laughs) yeah, we talked about specific um, character history, the childhood Mm -hmm. trauma. Mm -hmm. But that's the only thing I could find on character flaws. So I don't think we've done this because... I learned stuff today, so I don't think that we have, because I would have, of course, my memory, I might have learned it before and forgotten it. So, Hey, me too. I feel like grad school has stolen a lot of my brain. So, <laughs> Yeah, law school did that to me long, long time ago, my handwriting oh, yeah. and my brain. Uh, luckily, I just type everything, so I don't do too much handwriting. <laughs> yeah, when I try to, no one can read. I can't even read it. I'll go back and go, what the hell was I trying to say? Yeah, yeah. But how was your week? You said busy. Oh, busy. Very, very busy. I've just been go, go, go. And I, and it's the thing where it's like, I'm so busy that I can't even tell you like what I've been doing. Cause I don't remember everything. Like it's yeah. been that busy. Yeah. Um, so my day has been jam packed, uh, every single day, I think since vacation where it's just like, I had experiments planned and had to cancel them because I just didn't have time Aww. Yeah, to do That's them. That's the fun so, part of science. I know. I know. Well, and then we also, so our uh, carbon dioxide went down yesterday, which means all of our cells died. <gasps> uh huh. So that was, and everybody's been pestering me about. I fixed it, like it's fixed now. But you know, we lost all of our cells, and uh, everybody's been like, "Hey, can you thaw these for me? Hey, can you thaw these for me?" And I'm like, "Yes, I can, but like, chill. Like, make sure that things are good first before mm-hmm. I thaw." Mm-hmm. Anyway, mini rant about work. That's how my week has been. Essentially, is that story just apply it to everything? Well, I suppose I should, first of all, say I'm sorry that this is a day late. Uh, yeah. I was sick yesterday. I'm having some kind of female issues that they don't know if it's because of the vaccine or if it's just because I'm old and decrepit or what. Yeah. So it could, could be cancer, might not be cancer, might be nothing. I'm like, great. Great Yay. range of options there. So I'm in the process of doing that. But yesterday I was in a whole bunch of pain and I just couldn't. I I didn't even go to court. That's the first time oh, wow. I have ever in my career that I can think of missed court from being sick. I wow. I couldn't yeah. do it. No, that's so okay. yeah, that was my week. Last week, of course, was the chaos court and I'm trying to recover from that. I did enjoy the weekend. It was a nice calm, relaxing weekend where I didn't look at any kind of court anything. So of course, then I paid for it yesterday because I was sick and couldn't do work. So now I'm behind again. (laughs) There is that, but at least you had one good weekend. I did. It was a nice weekend. It was, we set out on the deck, we watched soccer, we're into the, watching the Copa Copa something. There's two different soccer leagues and I'm not totally up on it. I just like watching it. I like soccer. Um, but anyway, uh, what are you eating and drinking? Um, so I'm not eating anything yet, but I will eat dinner after this. So I didn't want to spoil dinner, but I, um, we, so my girlfriend and I made the most bomb ass burrito bowls, mm. uh, ever this past weekend. So that's probably what I'm going to be eating. So um, the burrito bowl. 
Oh, so we did. So I used my instant pot, but uh, the recipe that she had looked up was a crock pot recipe and I adapted it to instant pot. Okay. Um, and I just uh, cooked chicken in salsa and the cilantro lime dressing. And mm. uh, my mouth is watering. I can tell. Uh, <laughs> um, in my instant pot. And then you shred the chicken after it's done. And then uh, you put that on top of rice and uh, like beans and whatever you want, anything that would normally go in a burrito, uh, just stick it in a bowl. So you don't have to worry oh. about carbs. So it was like very healthy because it was just seasoned with salsa and like that kind of thing. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to probably go to Fernando's tonight. Well, they're talking about it. I don't feel very well. Yeah. Daughter number one is in visiting for the night. So yeah. she dropped, she's dropping off her cat. And then she's flying out to LA. So we get to cat sit. We're still babysit doggy sitting the the <laughs> number three's dog. So we're a house full of animals right now. I'm gonna uh, bring mine in like two weeks. I know. I'm not <laughs> quite sure how that's gonna work with can can Rue and baby and cat son be in the same. I don't know. I don't know. Either. <laughs> we'll deal with that later. Um the the issues and trials and tribulations of green being grandparents to animals. Yes. Um <laughs> so what did you say you were drinking? Oh, I didn't. Oh. Um I'm drinking a vodka soda, but it's got a uh, green tea in it. Oh neat. Yeah. Is it good? It's delicious. Huh. I so. like the cup too with the rainbow. Yeah. Well, especially it's for Pride Month. Pride Month, yeah. 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 I love it. I think, I am, uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt you. My uh, girlfriend got those cups. She We got a matching set last year um, during Pride Month at one of the breweries here. So, Oh, neat. Yeah. Very neat. Yeah, I'm drinking my Keto Cosmopolitan, which Ooh, is yeah. the splash of cranberry juice, lots of vodka, lime, and then the uh, tangerine LaCroix to yeah. make it bubbly. Yeah. And it's very light and refreshing feels good. And then they're saying we might go out and eat Mexican. So I don't know. Yum, I told yum. them to pick up something and bring it back to me because I don't really want to go out and face people. Yeah, that's fair. <sighs> but anyway, so I have some jokes. Okie dokie. Okay. Let's hear them. So they're, I tried to come up with flaw jokes. So they're, they're not the greatest. What is the biggest flaw with the new Apple iCar? Oh, geez. What? Installing Windows. Oh, God. <laughs> that, that one was kind of funny. Yeah. On being told of the numerous flaws in my writing, me, you mean I've been writing wrongs? W-R-I-T-I-N-G, wrongs. That's and at least that was a good one. Writing related. Right. You know, with all his flaws, Dr. Frankenstein was really popular. He really knew how to bring people together. Oh, God. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> That one was good. Yeah, I like that one too. Okay, so character flaws. And we'll probably do many episodes on different character like flaws. Like specific ones. Yeah, because yeah. there are so many, but I can't believe we haven't done an overall episode on this. So character flaws are, they're useful tools in creating a character that's believable and relatable, which we talk about over and over and over All again. All the time, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it, it's an undesirable quality that gives the character an opportunity to grow a, yeah, another way absolutely. to make them relatable. Flaws can also create tension and friction and that can challenge their advancement. Oh, that's true. You so, know, I, I didn't really think about it that way, but absolutely. You know, helps with conflict that which you need to move on your story. 
Right. And engage your readers. Mm -hmm. It is a bias, limitation, imperfection, problem, personality disorder, vice, phobia, prejudice, or deficiency present in a character who may otherwise be very functional. Wow. That's a long list of things. I I liked that, um, that definition. I think that might've been the Wikipedia definition. Gotcha. Okay. And it was, that was a very, that was pretty good. It was all encompassing. It adds complexity, depth, and humanity to your characters. Which I feel like is a must for all of them. Definitely. There are three types of flaws. And I came across this over and over and over again. It seems to be established that it's three types. Major, minor, and lethal. Which, you know, I think that's funny because, you know, as I was doing my research, I came across this too. But I had never thought of character flaws as, you know, three different categories of flaws. Like that's Mm -hmm. a very new way of looking at it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess I've never done research on character flaws before. My characters just like have their flaws. flaws. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so this was a really interesting way to think about it. And so like, as I'm trying to come up with new characters, I can absolutely see how I would implement these categories of flaws. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So specifically the major character flaws are directly impair the character, either physically, mentally, or morally. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily bad, but they're considered flaws because they limit a character in some way. Gotcha. Okay. So like the hunchback of Notre Dame, his yeah. hunchback was a, a, a quote unquote flaw. Right. Shyness can be considered a flaw. Right. Um, recurring illness can be considered a flaw. I remember in the very right. first urban, well, it wasn't urban fantasy. It was D&D fantasy. Basically the character Raceland, who was a mage, he is very frail mm. and it expands it takes a lot out of his body to do the magic that he wants to do. And so that was something that he, it was a flaw that he had to deal with in everything. And it, it, it it impacted everything that he did. Whereas his brother was this big, hearty, hale, burly man, I mm -hmm, guess. Yeah. mm -hmm. A minor flaw is an imperfection that has minimal impact on a character's life. So to me, these are the fun ones. These are the quirky ones that, you know, they can have these quirky habits that endear them to the reader, but it doesn't affect their life, so to speak. Like I remember when I used to read romances all the time, Julie Garwood, The Bride is one of my favorite all-time romance um, novels. And her character, the main character, has a horrible time sense of direction. Oh, I see. Okay. So quirky habits like that where you're, okay. And, and it's a flaw because she doesn't know where the hell she's going half the time, but it's, it's cute and it's funny and it's endearing. And I can, I know I've gone out to the parking lot and gone, where the heck is my car? You know, yeah, yeah. you know, and so I can relate to that. It made her realistic to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause I was trying to think of examples myself um, and didn't really Google any, but I was thinking, you know, something like messiness, like having mm-hmm. uh, just like a cluttered house and, you know, you're going through all the papers and I could just see a character being like, I know I left this somewhere. And they've got like five stacks of paper. It's like, it's in one of these stacks somewhere. Yes. Or biting your fingernails. Right. And right. think how that might, you know, lead to self-consciousness in someone, you know, they are meeting they're being thrown into this situation, perhaps at a glamorous party, and they're noticing all these go- gorgeous long fingernails, and they're you know theirs are chewed to the nubs. Right, right. And 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 it's something that we as the reader can understand, feeling out of place, and so that connects us to that character. We understand her embarrassment and her, 
you know, self-consciousness. Right, um, right. Absolutely. Then there is the lethal, or there's another term I saw out there, tragic. Tragic, tragic. Yeah, okay. um, flaw, which is one that leads to a character's downfall or death. Um, it's a deficiency that a character has that will that they are unable to ultimately overcome. Yeah. And the one that I was like thinking of for this was uh, excessive pride, you know, pride that leads you to be too arrogant in a dangerous situation mm-hmm. or something like that. And so it ends up getting you killed because you're like, I've got this. Um, That's like in Game of Thrones, that guy that was fighting the mountain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was exactly. so arrogant. It never, you know, and then his head got stepped on and squished and it mm-hmm. just, and he's dead and he's gone. And that you're right. That was a lethal uh, flaw that he had. His arrogance didn't even permit him to think of a, a scenario where he might die. Absolutely. And yeah. then he was dead. And then he was dead. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. So how do you write flaws? Um, I mean, first of all, you can go and Google examples of flaws. There are lists and lists and lists of them out there. But how do you actually go about writing it into your character? Right. So you want to give your character a flaw that further enhances the fe- their features and personality in a, and, and sh- use that as a way to develop a more three-dimensional character. Yeah. So it's important not just that your main character has flaws. You need to do this for all of your characters. And we've said this before. Every character yeah. that you put in your book is there for a reason and needs to not just be a placeholder, but a real person. Absolutely. Because I mean, like, you know, like you said, no one's perfect. You know, it's it's going to be everybody. Everybody should have flaws. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it would be, you know, very shallow and unrealistic in a novel. And it would pull me out of the book as a reader um, if there was a character that just was not flawed, unless there was some reason for that, you know. You know, and that's kind of part of the reason why we like to people watch. You know, when we sit in an airport and people watch, these people are not characters in our lives. And yet we notice their little habits. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I love to people watch is because of the quirky things that they do. And, you know, so you want your, all of the characters in your book to have reality attached to them. They're not just a placeholder because you need a person standing to block the way. You you think about how to put that character in there. So yeah, think about the backstory of every, even side characters in your, in your book. Yeah. And then an urban fantasy, you know, I said every real life human has flaws. Well, even the non-humans have flaws. So, you know, urban fantasy and fantasy, it might not be a human, but they're still going to have flaws like werewolves. They might have a temper, you know, that's kind of a cliche thing that, that werewolves are, have those tempers. Right. And I was thinking of that too, you know, even though they're not, you know, quote unquote human or whatever, um, I think they should still have those human flaws. Like you said, werewolf tempers, but maybe that werewolf also always had a temper before they were even a werewolf. Um, yeah. Right. Or that made it worse. Yeah. Yeah. That leads to his downfall. Like something like that, you know, like I think um, everybody has their flaws. I think uh, Adam and Mercy Thompson is very, um, not uptight, but he's very controlling. And I think he was always very controlling Mm -hmm. and being a werewolf just made that even worse. It magnified Um, it. And that's also something to think about if you are writing urban fantasy, you know, what happens if you take a normal flaw 
and magnify it mm. because of whatever happens to them. You know, are ghosts more of a certain way because of being dead or whatever? So yeah, that's a, a great way to think about flaws too, is what can you do with that flaw? Yeah. You know, greed is a flaw. How can you make that flaw unique? How can you make greed unique? Right. You know, so interesting. Um, think about where you want, where your character begins and where you want your character to end. So if you want your character to defeat the evil wizard, their flaw might be an overwhelming fear of death. That's going to throw up all kinds of challenges for them to get to that end goal. So right. that flaw is helping with your plot. It's helping with your character development. You know, so flaws aren't just these little meaningless things. They have a role to play in your story. Absolutely. If you want your character to solve a murder mystery, their flaw might be an air of arrogance that discourages any character from sharing helpful information with them. You know, who's <laughs> going to want to tell you anything if you're an asshole? I mean, honestly, right? Yeah, I uh, I like that one. There's, I feel like there's something about, you know, self-fulfilling doom and just like poetic justice that speaks to me. <laughs> so somebody, you know, a detective that's like arrogant and and haughty towards, you know, the quote unquote lesser people, obviously, you know, and gets screwed over in the end because of it. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah. But I also, no, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's, that's hilarious to me, which I write the humor. And so to me, I can see a, a way to, to make that humorous. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I think that's hilarious. I think overall, this is a great tip though. Like just knowing where you want your character to begin and end in your story. I think mm -hmm. knowing, you know, a general idea of their arc is a really good way to um, develop your characters and, you know, it's going to help you determine which flaws, you know, make a character who they are and what the story needs um, before you even write the thing. So, you know, and you could use your journal for this too, if you want to list, hmm you know, go through some of the lists that you can find on the internet about, you know, how, how would this particular flaw help or hinder me, my character arc that I'm trying to, to, to do. Definitely. Um, so yeah, think about that too, and use your journal and we have a topic and episode on journals. So go listen to that. Yeah. Um, don't worry about the flaw keeping your reader from engaging with your character. Apparently, people worry that, oh, but if I make him messy, people aren't going to like him. Or if I oh, make him lazy, people aren't going to like him. But readers can actually forgive pretty much any flaw as long yeah. as they can sympathize with that character. Right. So you have to kind of show a motivation so that your reader understands why. And I pulled this actual thing out of, um, where did I get it from? Well storied, which I think we've used them before. I think we have. Yeah. Um, they had some excellent, um, examples. So a reader can forgive a character's rudeness if they understand that the character in question is afraid of appearing vulnerable after a lifetime of abuse. True. They can forgive a character's impulsiveness if the character was genuinely trying to do a good deed, and they can forgive a character's tendency to steal if the character takes from the rich to give to the poor, you know, the whole Robin Hood thing. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I think I think that's a really important point. You know, you'd be surprised, maybe not since we're all writers and readers, about what a reader will forgive. Um you know, I definitely love some characters who have done despicable things and can see that they're flawed and 
they know how to work with those flaws. Um, and you know, I don't necessarily enjoy them as people if they've done horrible things, but I do enjoy the character. To me, that brings me back. Remember the Thomas Covenant series that I've talked about and how your dad could never get beyond. He was a reader who could not forgive. I don't know that I could either. That guy. (laughs) Yeah. But I understood him. And I think, I think your dad understood him, but he never sympathized with them. Whereas I reached that sympathy level, you know, so that is what you're going for with your, with your, um, reader. Right. And motivation is the reason that so many people that watch Dexter, you remember Dexter Morgan on that? Of course I know Dexter Morgan. (laughs) Um, I mean, he was a serial killer, but he was a serial killer who only killed other bad people, other murderers. And so, you know, and then like Ned Stark in Game of Thrones, he was, he had this over, overzealous, well, I don't know what the word is, um, sense of honor yeah. and it caused him to make foolish mistakes and he got his head chopped off. Right. So that was a tragic flaw for him. Also, those are great examples. Those mm-hmm. are, those are awesome. And um, I got this off of well-storied. So check them out. Super awesome. Yeah, yeah, we, um, and that's why I, I actually took those word from word, word for word, because they do a great job on that, on that blog. Um, and then as I was saying earlier, flaws can be used for humor though. That's my thing. Um, Beck has a flaw of tending to act without thinking things through. She sees an immediate need and she wants to protect the kids or she, you know, that's, she doesn't think through, huh, what else is going on here? And it, uh, lends to very funny scenarios that she finds herself in. She gets herself into some stuff, but I was thinking about that too. Cause like, I think. Aiden could potentially fall into this also, like, except her flaw is more stubbornness, you know, so she'll do just about anything to prove that she can just because she can Mm -hmm. um, and tell her no, and she'll do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it, it doesn't go well for her a lot of the time. So she gets herself into these funny, sticky situations. Yeah. Yeah. I I love writing. I do too. (laughs) Uh, Indiana Jones being afraid of snakes. That's that's a flaw. And he ends up finding himself in that situation surrounded by snakes, which was funny. I mean, it could you could use a flaw and and not make it funny, but it just happened to be humorous the way they did it in Indiana right. Jones. Right. Tyrion Lannister. I think Tyrion was the guy that drank all yes. the time. Yeah. Yes. So he was this drunken, sarcastic character and being a drunk, you know, that T-shirt. I've got the T-shirt that says I drink and I know things. Yeah. I, love him. And, uh, you know, that lends humor because he is so much smarter than everybody else around him. And his sarcasm goes over their head and we are just loving it as the quote reader. Um, so that's, that's a humorous flaw. And then Monk, the TV show, that's an old one. Do you remember that one? Oh, absolutely. His OCD, although a very serious and tragic condition, they, the show made it funny. They, yeah. they made that flaw, not just a, a, a flaw that was, that had a downside, but also a flaw that had an upside and they made it funny. You know, he didn't want to shake people's hands and he didn't, you know, and here he is in this position where he's helping the police and he's like, I, I'm not going to shake your hand. I don't want to do this. And there's blood all over everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think of flaws in terms of humor, but that's just because that's the way I like to write. Absolutely. Yeah. And then I've come up with a, a, an example of a, a couple 
And like I said, I think we'll do many episodes on, I think so. on these yeah. in the future, but like selfishness, mm. that is a common one for that con artist type character, that rogue character, think Han Solo. Absolutely. I love those types of characters. I think they're a lot of fun to read about. It reminds me of one of my characters, Monroe, and my and Trickster Mac. novel. Yes. yes, that's exactly who I was thinking of, too. Yeah, he's just out for himself. He's in it for the money. Uh, he'll do whatever he can to get another dollar in his pocket. Kind but of he's thing. so darn charming. You can't help but love him. I know. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that flaw. It's When writing this flaw, you do need to consider what actions your character, a character with this flaw would do and not do. Yeah. So when you're thinking of the flaws to anoint your character with, that's not quite the right word. Wow. I don't know that our characters would agree that it's like anointing them. (laughs) I'm anointing you with this lovely (laughs) flaw. (laughs) I don't think they would. I don't think they would agree with you on that. I think that's, that's no, (laughs) but you do need to think about, how how would they react? And is that going to be contrary to where you're trying to get your character and the plot and all of that to go in this book? I mean, right. it might be a great, funny flaw, but if it doesn't work to move your story forward, then that's not enough reason to put it in there by itself. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and if you want to have a character arc where your character starts selfish and then ends up like kind of like Han Solo did, he he went from being all about himself to actually loving other people as well. Um, And so it's a good place to know what kind of arc that you're looking at for your characters too, to know what flaws are going to work best with that. Absolutely. And, you know, I was thinking about it today. I don't think I've ever written a main character with selfishness as a flaw uh, not explicitly, at least, you know, uh, all of mine seem to be bleeding hearts. So they try to help people and mm-hmm. that's kind of a flaw in itself, but mm-hmm. um, uh, I've never had secondary characters like Same. Um, Bean, Sabina. And yeah, yeah, Beck. yeah. And I love those characters. She, Sabina is selfish, but she can't help herself, but try to help Beck because Beck is this poor, stupid mortal <laughs> bouncing around like a pinball in the middle of this magical world that she knows nothing about. And so she can't help, but you know, girl, you're going to get yourself killed. And so she helps her, even though she is overwhelmingly selfish, but she is another one of those con artists, lovable type characters. I I love Sabina. Um, The next one I thought is the goody goody. The goody goody. The person who is true to the idea of, they're so true to the idea of good that they can't see beyond it. So like the lawful good character, we did an episode on the alignments. We did several episodes on character alignment, like you think in D&D and that applies to your novel writing as well. This character would be so bent on lawful good that they can't see beyond it to what is really happening. Right, the reality right. of the situation. Um, and that is a great arc for character growth too, where they become aware of, you know, so think of a zombie apocalypse world where, you know, you, you shall not kill. I mean, that's an absolute black and white thing. You don't kill, but in an, a post-apocalyptic world, the rules are not the same. And yeah. so, you know, you've got to open your character's eyes and see that, you know, maybe you do 
Yeah. You know, there is self-defense in those situations. There's, there's a way for there to be morally gray situations. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And it makes me always think of paladins. I do the D&D oh. thing a lot, but paladins are often that way. And when you play their characters in D&D, they are very yeah. fun p- characters to play because they're so obstinately, no, we, you know, you've got the the rogue in the group who's like, let's let's pick that lock and see what's it. No, you no. don't go into <laughs> other people's area. No. And it, so they're fun to play. Um, yeah, true, true. But- um, I had one more thing to say. Oh yeah. Truth or dare. I not, know I've talked about this movie before. Yes. Yeah. So talking about how you can use this as an arc. I, I love the character who knew that a truth and dare a truth or dare horror movie. It's probably a grade B movie, but it, it did such a good do- job. It sticks in my mind as the greatest character arc ever. Huh. I don't think I've watched the version that you're talking about. I watched another one. Yeah. You watched the, there was more of Spanish history, I think on that one. And it was good too. Yeah. This one was, you know, every, everyday kids. Um, but she starts off as that good character, that goody, goody character. Yeah. And as her story goes, her arc, that flaw, that, that, too good flaw has to shift and change with the reality of what's going on in that movie. Right. So yeah, it's interesting. Definitely good. Yeah. I was also thinking um, Delaney almost starts off as one of these types of characters, uh, the goody goody, but I feel like her arc also brings her more towards the gray middle ground of Mm -hmm. morality. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. cause I start her off as like a, no, we have to tell the police that things are wrong. We have to do this stuff. And Louie kind of pulls her in and is like, no, we can't because of this. And she's like, oh, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. I, I like it. I like the goody goody character because I also am an optimist and believe in good and that there, I believe I do have a moral code for good, but you also have to look at reality where, you know, okay, so in, in Louie and Delaney, the police aren't necessarily good. You think that, you know, me, I would, cops are good. But when a mobster owns them, right, you got a problem. Right. And to, to have a person who thinks, no, all cops are good, have to, have to shift to see, you know, there may be some bad ones. Even right. You don't want to believe that it's, it's effective. It's a very great, arc that go, yeah. and that, that flaw is a great way to move the plot forward your character because they believe oh no everybody's good no one would ever do that right. no one would ever hurt anybody right and right. to have to face the fact that that's unfortunately not always true is a hard thing for these characters absolutely yeah um stubbornness that was my last <laughs> one yeah um and Beck has this and more than one of your characters has this. Well, I was um, trying to think of that because Aiden definitely is stubborn. I She's think like Mac like is. Coin stubborn. Yeah, Mac definitely is too. I think she, you know, goes about her way and tries to accommodate, you know, the, the people around her, but will also be like, no. Yeah, she, you know, like you said, she did try. She's tried to work with the police and she, but ultimately she has her own internal um, 
moral code right and has to do what she thinks is best regardless of what the cops are telling her to do and regardless of what other people are warning her about she knows what she has to do and so i would i would call that stubbornness i agree aiden though is a different brand of stubborn she's, I think. she's true stubborn <laughs> yeah and i'm writing her right now and she's fighting me every step of the way like she it just takes it's like pulling teeth trying to write this book not because i don't know the story and it's not a good story but because she is like no you're writing it wrong Mm-hmm. don't do it that way. I wouldn't do it that way. And mm-hmm. so she just like refuses to tell me the story. So I'm whatever. So mm-hmm. she's, she's a stubborn bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so basically think about whether you need to uh, explain the thought, the flaw. I oh, said the yeah. thaw. I'm like, the thaw. Are, we, are we cold now or what? <laughs> so some flaws may need a reason, especially major flaws like, is self-consciousness there because they were bullied for being fat or ugly or whatever as a kid. Right. Um, this is kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier about motivation, as long as your reader understands the motivation. But as you're writing it, think about whether that flaw, I mean, do you really need to explain why they bite their nails? Maybe you do. Maybe that flaw, maybe the biting of the nails is an indication of something that does need to be explained. Right. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So, Um, yeah. I mean, I agree. I, you know, I don't think that all flaws necessarily need an explanation. No. Like the not having a sense of direction. That's just funny. (laughs) Yeah, that's just funny. Well, and then also, you know, even if a flaw does have an explanation, uh, you don't necessarily need to have to tell why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, you know, people are the way they are for all kinds of different reasons. And Um, it needs, if you're going to tell it, it needs to have, you need to have a reason. It needs to have an effect on your book. Definitely. You know, yeah. like if it pertains to the plot, like add it in. Right. Uh, right. If it explains a character or adds to character development, then add it in. Yeah. Um, or if your reader is going to be pulled out and go, why the hell did they do that? Right. Yeah. You got to add in why. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, think about what your story needs and then go from there. And I yeah. think, I think that's a uh, pretty um, standard for a lot of the tips that we give. I think so. This, this was a fun topic. That's all I've got on the overall, um, flaw category, but I do think that we've got many, 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 M-I-N-I, (laughs) M-A-N-Y, (laughs) M-I-N-I episodes in the future. (laughs) Absolutely. No, I agree. I think there's a lot that we can talk about, even with just, you know, how do you write a stubborn character? You know, I'm obviously struggling with, Aiden, who is just refusing to work with me. It's like, how do you write a stubborn character? Mm -hmm. Um, So I definitely think there's more we can do. I do have an interview question for you. Okay. What is your favorite flaw to write? Ooh, I don't know that I have a favorite flaw. I just like the funny ones, the ones that I can make funny. Yeah. Beck has trust. She's an, she trusts these fairies. Why does she trust these fairies? They have never shown her any possible reason to trust them, but she does. Yeah. And that's a flaw. And yep. that gets oh. her into trouble. Absolutely. And there's just so many funny things. I, I can't think of anything particular. I love her, her just like, I'm going to go do this thing. And people are like, no. And she's like, <laughs> no, I'm going to go do this thing. <laughs> yeah. But I love it. And, and she's doing it because she's a good person and it's what she yeah. believes needs to be done. She's got to help these fairies. She's got to, you know, and don't you pick on my fairies and, yeah. you know, stands up 
for them against creatures that she doesn't even know what they can do yet. Yeah. They could sizzle her with their eyeballs and she doesn't know. And she's still going to stand up and protect the fairies because that's what you do. Absolutely. So yeah, she doesn't think things through a lot. Yeah. I think mine is somewhat similar because all of my characters have a, like I said earlier, a bleeding heart. They can't help, but Mm -hmm. help people. Um, I almost want to say that stubbornness actually is my favorite one to write, even though I'm struggling so hard with it. That makes Mm -hmm. it so very fun. Uh, It's such a challenge to be writing this book right now because she's being so difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a fun flaw because she'll be like, Oh, you told me no. I'm going to go do it specifically because you told me no. Mm-hmm. And that's a very fun character to write. That That is fun. Um, I also have a sentence challenge for those of you who are interested in doing it. So I typically just write a page with uh, the sentence that's given to me. Um, and this week's is a bit of dialogue. So it's just look at me. I'm perfect. Oh, I love that one. That one's sparking stuff right off the bat with me. Yeah, so have fun with that one. Yeah, send us it in, send a, e- blah, blah, blah. email it to us. And <laughs> at some point, we are going to do an episode where we read these things out. We, we do keep, keep saying, saying that. We'll that. do it. We we'll do will. it at some point. <laughs> um, but yeah, best way to do it is to email it to us. Um, you can get in touch with us at our website, which is www.eatdrinkwritepodcast.com. Wow. Yep, yep. yep, um, yep. And it's got access to our email and stuff there. There's a link right there that you can email us with. Um, We are on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all kinds of places. Um, YouTube. Yeah. That's where one of our patrons, Deanna, she contacts us through YouTube just about every week, which is awesome. We love her. The most amazing Um, comments. I I love reading her comments. I am so excited to read her book. I cannot wait. Ah, me too. And me too. It's the EOS key. At least that's how I pronounce it. We'll have to ask her. It's EOS. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will. The EOS key. And I am very excited. She's got to be getting close. I'm ho- I can't wait for her to start submitting it. I'm uh, excited for it. Yeah. And Jen also uh, is a patron and helps support us. It, it does. It takes time and effort. Um, we, we try to get this to you as often as we can. I, it helps us. It helps you guys. So please support us if, if you can. Um, and you can do that at the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash edw. You can do a dollar a month even. What, whatever it is, it would help us tremendously. I mean, just the programming to, to do this, the editing programs, all of those things cost money. Um, so come help us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. But uh, most, most importantly, you know, thank you guys for for listening. We appreciate it. Definitely. And we'll see you next week. Maybe sooner if I can't stop the recording. (laughs) 